0: This is the Sterling Vineyard Sundays podcast. We are a church passionate about encountering Jesus and sharing his love with our city. To find out more about who we are, visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk. wasn't that such a sweet time of worship this morning as well? Really, really good and you know for me it feels really funny to be back up here after an extended period off as we've spoken about. I feel a bit nervous this morning actually um, being back up here um, but as Fiona said I'm not officially back until March um, but today I'm just helping out by filling in a gap in the preaching rota and so the plan for today as well is that we're taking a little break uh, in our series that we've been doing through the book of Daniel. So um, yeah and actually I just want to start also by saying a massive thank you to Ali and Fee and just the incredible job that they've been doing in this season of of leading the church yeah let's just really thank them you know I know it's been really tough but you guys are doing an incredible job so thank you (laughs) so it's been fun this week to try and get back into this kind of headspace of studying the word and putting a word together and if I'm honest it's actually been quite tough as well I really realized this week that things have changed a lot in my life and if I'm honest things like even how easy it is to hear the Lord or how easy it is to spend time with the Lord and as I've just been seeking him and asking him what is it that you want me to say to your church this week. I'm sure lots of us can relate to seasons in our lives where we sometimes don't feel as close to Jesus as we've once been before. Obviously, my life has changed. I have an eight-month-old baby, but I'm also aware that there's parts of my life that I've let slide, where I've let kind of other priorities creep in, and, and some of my disciplines and time with the Lord has kind of um, gone out the window a little bit. And and really, since the turn of of um, the new year, I've just had this sense of God stirring my heart to to come back to Him and, and to just start seeking Him with a new a new passion, um, and. I guess even since COVID, I think probably some of us have felt that as well, that since the COVID season, there may have been a wee retreat uh, in some ways in terms of our our walk and our, our sort of rhythms with the Lord. For some of us, just the stuff of life gets in the way, doesn't it? Exhaustion or frustration, disappointment. As we get older, as we walk with the Lord longer, you know, things creep in that can rob us of our our passion, that passion that was once so strong in the Lord. Maybe some of us just realize that our walk with Jesus isn't what it was once upon a time. And maybe that's not you here today. Maybe you are on fire for Jesus right now. You're filled with faith, filled with vision, and excited for the next few, next kind of steps with the Lord. And you're just in a great place. And if that's you, then we celebrate that. And I'm excited to have you here because that means you can be the prayer team at the end of the the talk today as well. Um, So we celebrate that too. But I guess what I wanted to share is a little bit of a word to me um, that I feel like God's stirring my heart with in the hope that maybe it might encourage some other people here today as well. So as I've been asking the Lord in this season, how do I see my faith grow again? How do I stir that passion again? How do I increase my faith and my boldness and my capacity? I really felt um, speak to me this word that was all around do the deeds that you did at first. Do the deeds that you did at first. And, and this is a phrase that just really landed on me, and I went to look it up and just uh, go a little bit deeper. Where did this come from? And actually, it's from the book of Revelation, and um, it's from chapter two. Uh, and so, this is the passage that I thought would be good to just study and just to go into in a little bit more depth today. And you know, there's challenge in this passage, but I have a real sense that we are a bunch of hungry people who are up for a challenge with Jesus, who are up for going deeper and further. And so, I just want to um, just let's look at this passage together and receive the challenge challenge. challenge of the words of this passage you know revelation can often be a bit of a scary book one to be that feels like it needs to be avoided um, but actually I think there's a real word certainly for me and hopefully for some of you here today so why don't we read together it should be up on the screen gosh it's a bit small isn't it but maybe you can just about see that or if you have a bible or a phone you can follow along so we're looking at revelation chapter 2 and just from verses 1 to (coughs) 5. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, these are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work and your perseverance. I know that you can't tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and endured hardships in my name and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you've fallen. Repent and do the things that you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. So, a bit of challenge to finish on there. So Revelation, I'm sure lots of us know um, that Revelation is a book given by Jesus um, to John, thought to be the Apostle John, Um, and a lot of this book is 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 of this class that we kind of call apocalyptic, it's this kind of futuristic book filled with lots of symbolism. But the particular passage that we're looking at today comes in a series of letters, so seven letters to the seven churches of Revelation. So seven letters that were very much to specific churches at the time, so seven actual churches addressing specific situations, but as these letters have been recorded in scripture, as they stood the test of time, these are also letters that we can view prophetically as a word to the wider church, meaning us, meaning that there's wisdom and there's instruction within these letters, letters that are also applicable to us. And so that's what we're looking at today. So this was the Ephesian church that this letter was specifically to, and in the early days the Ephesian church was a strong, successful church, you know, it was one of the key churches in the days of early Christianity. And the letter starts well, doesn't it? The Ephesians seem to be a hard-working, faithful church, and Jesus commends them for that. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. In fact, the whole first section of that passage is listing the impressive attributes of um, the Ephesian church. We see that they're a serving church. They're a sacrificial church. They are steadfast as they look to pursue holiness and separate themselves from bad doctrine. We see how they're a suffering church. All of these are very impressive characteristics. But what is it that Jesus cares about most? There's one thing that he holds against the church. Jesus cares about love. Jesus cares about our hearts towards him. You know, throughout the whole of scripture, we see that God is a jealous God. Jealous for the hearts and love of his people. Not just for our rituals and our disciplines and our obligations, but our hearts. He wants our hearts to be for him. And we know from the book of James that faith without works is, are dead. So, so works are important. But also in 1 Corinthians 13, a familiar verse, but without love. We are a resounding gong. And Jesus' challenge to the the Ephesian church is that you have forsaken the love that you had at first. The Ephesian church likely started on fire for Jesus, but somehow over time that heat has cooled off. They were active, they were busy, but their love had grown cold. And Jesus highlights this to them. You know, if we're honest, certainly if I'm honest, I can relate a little bit to that. You know, we can fill our lives with busyness and trying to do the right things, but sometimes the love in our hearts can grow cold. Perhaps it's just that the worship songs that we used to sing aren't sang as regularly or as freely as they used to be. Maybe the mornings aren't quite as early if they happen at all. <laughs> The prayers aren't quite as strong and faith-filled as they were once upon a time. Or maybe the pages of our Bibles aren't quite as worn. Because life's got in the way. Because other things have crept in to take our place. Maybe we're just a little bit more self-conscious and want to keep our faith as a private thing. Or maybe we just simply don't feel the same as we used to do. And I've had such a sense, I've I've been seeking the Lord this new year that he wants to invite me to go again and start pursuing him afresh with a new energy for a new intimacy. To stir our faith, to stir my love, our love, our passion for him. Because God is looking for people whose hearts completely belong to him. Because there is a great work to be done and lovers make the best workers. So how does this passage help us? I want to look at four hours uh, through this passage to hopefully encourage us. And the first one is to remember. Verse four says, "You have forsaken the love you had at first. I wonder if we can remember what was that love like the day we first came to know Jesus? You know what was that season of our lives like as we experienced for the first time the grace and love of God? That complete forgiveness, that new start with Him. You know what were the feelings, what were the emotions that we had? And you know, I really remember, nineteen years old, giving my life to Jesus. I couldn't stop talking about Him. <laughs> you know, everyone that knew me knew what had happened in my life. You know, I told all my friends about Jesus. Um, I invited all my student friends to come to church, and some of them actually came to me. You know, I remember even stopping a guy in the street one day on my way to church, inviting him to come, and he came along. Um, I remember offering to pay one of my friends £10 if they would come to church with me one Sunday. And he actually came. I don't know if bribery is something that we should be doing. But I was so desperate to get people to come to church. I remember telling half my biomedical science class about a Holy Spirit encounter um, the night I start, after I started speaking in tongues. You know, a, a night that transformed my walk with Jesus and I couldn't stop talking about him. I couldn't stop talking about Jesus to anyone who would listen. Things change. But I remember also how I used to stay up for 24-7 prayer nights, often choosing the slots in the wee hours of the morning because those were the ones that felt the most sacrificial or the ones where it felt that God was the closest. I used to spend Friday nights pursuing God's presence and worship and prayer, praying sometimes four hours in a row. And, you know, if you're African here today, four hours is nothing. But if you're British like me, then that felt hardcore. (laughs) But again, how things can change. You know, to start out in my walk with Jesus, I couldn't get enough worship, church, Bible, prophetic conferences, whatever it was. I didn't want to miss out. See, when we're in love, love fuels our will to sacrifice. Love makes it easy to sacrifice, doesn't it? When we're overcome with love, it feels like it's easier. (laughs) But over time, the zeal can begin to dull. Um, My brother-in-law recently got a new wood-burning stove for their living room to help with the current cost of of, uh, fuel crisis. And it's lovely, it's really gorgeous, lovely fire, and really cozy, as long as, of course, there's enough wood in the fire. Because if we leave the fire at any point, if we walk away, if we get distracted or go to do other things, in time, gradually the flames will dim and the heat begins to dissipate. We need to stoke the fire. We need to continue to look after the fire to keep it burning brightly. And Jesus challenges the church that they have forsaken their first love. You know, forsaken, they've left it, they've walked away from it, they've not tended it, they've filled the space with other things fire needs to be tended stoked and looked after and in the same way so does our love for Jesus it's not enough to have had the warm fuzzy feelings once if, if we we need to be red hot and powerful in the kingdom of God and it's love that does that it lo- it's love that keeps us on fire for Jesus so a personal question what was the love you had at first for Jesus how have things changed for you Secondly, repent. So, Jesus calls the church to repent. Repent and do the things that you did at first. And so, we know repentance is to recognize where we've gone wrong. It's to say we're sorry, but actually, the most important thing about repentance is that we choose to make a change. It means to turn around, to turn away. And I'm sure we all know what it is to be caught in a cycle where we just feel like we're going around in circles at times, you know, constantly mucking up, constantly saying we're sorry, then constantly doing the same thing again. But actually repentance is recognizing where we slipped or gone wrong. It's saying we're sorry and it's inviting God to help us make a change. And so that's what Jesus invites the Ephesian church to do. Repent, do it differently, start afresh. You know, repentance is a sign of our maturity in our walk with God. You know, we're in this cycle where we get caught up and just say sorry and do it again, sorry and do it again. You know, God in his grace forgives us, but maturity is learning from it and making a change, doing things differently. And I just pray that I would never be too proud to repent when the Holy Spirit is highlighting something in our heart. I pray that for all of us that actually repentance is a daily or a regular thing as we commune with the Holy Spirit, as we invite him to come and to to highlight any areas of our hearts or lives where there's a roadblock to him. You know, those are moments where he's inviting us to repent and to make a change, not to brush things under the carpet, but actually we want to grow up in him. You know, when I talk about growing up, I'm often reminded of the scene in the Disney cartoon, Peter Pan. Some of you may or may not have seen it, but there's this scene in Peter Pan where the kids have caused chaos in the nursery. And the father comes into the nursery and finds this chaos. And he turns to Wendy, the oldest, who he holds responsible and says, Wendy, this is your last night in the nursery. It's time to grow up. And so he leaves and the scene changes, and then in comes Peter Pan. And Wendy explains to him that this is the last night she can play with him because I have to grow up, Dad says, and I'm paraphrasing here. And then Peter Pan, of course, comes and says, Ah, but you don't have to grow up. You can come with me. You can come to a place called Never Never Land. Don't listen to your dad. Come with me to never, never have to take responsibility for the messes you've made. Never, never have to say that you're sorry. Stay with me and never, never change. Never, never have to take correction. Never, never serve. You know, it's a wonderful place to live, Wendy. That's a paraphrase, obviously. But isn't that so often what it can be like at times? Is that, you know, the the temptation to not take responsibility, to not grow up. But over here, Heavenly Father is saying, this is your last night in the nursery. I'll let you say goodbye. But it's time to grow up. It's time to take responsibility for your actions so that I can see you grow up to be able to handle responsibilities that I have for you. So that's part of what repentance is, isn't it? Recognizing when we've got it wrong. Listening to the Father's correction and and growing up in Him. So repentance. So we've talked about remember what you did at first. Repent from the distractions or, or maybe even some of the messes that we've made. And thirdly is restore, to put it right, to make a change. And so this is the phrase that we've been talking about, to do the things that you've done before. Something I've learned in my walk with Jesus that's true in the kingdom of God is that the more we eat of God, as it were, the more we get hungry for him. You know, the more we spend time with God, the more we want to spend time with him. And and we just need to start with the choice of making that space again, choosing to take that time again. You know, sometimes love is a feeling, but sometimes it also is a choice that we make to stir it up and to keep it up. So we need to make a choice. And again, this is really a word to me, make a choice to do again the things that you did at first. You know, the, the passionate free worship times, choosing to put the music on, choosing to take that time out, choosing to turn Netflix off or whatever it is. You know, choosing to open our Bibles, you know, choosing to do a Bible plan, maybe connect with someone else as you do the the Bible plan to encourage you to do it, but making these choices to do it again, what you did before. You know, and the ceiling and the goal isn't that we just get to where we've been in the past. You know, I really passionately believe that God has more for every single one of us. But the goal is that that's just a foundation, that maybe if we've just slipped a bit, this is just a foundation on which God is going to use and grow, grow from. <clears throat> the goal is that we want to surpass every encounter and experience that we have because God has more for all of us. You know, Our prayer is that God would be Lord of our lives again. You know, what does it look like for God to be Lord of our whole lives and not just a compartment maybe that we bring out on a Sunday? God, would you restore to us the joy of your salvation, the joy, the joy, the overflow of love, not out of obligation, but out of love and passion. You know, we need the love of God permeating every part of our walks with him. You know, that love that is supernatural that comes from him. You know, a love that fuels us. A love that leads us. A love that gives us grace to face each day. And a love that connects us with the God of all creation. So, restore. And then finally, this is the kind of sobering part or the challenging part of this particular passage that I found. And the fourth R is remove. Or he will remove. As we look at that last verse in verse 5: if you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. The lampstands in these letters are understood to represent the church. And what is the purpose of a lampstand if not to hold the fire, to hold the light, the heat, the power? And that is, as we know, that is the purpose of the church. The purpose of the church is to host the Holy Spirit, which is the power of God to do the works of God on the earth. And we remember that the early church was told by Jesus, don't leave Jerusalem until you have been clothed with power from on high. You know, that's how key the Holy Spirit was to the church of Jesus Christ. Don't leave without it. You know, if we are to be as effective as the church of Jesus Christ, we need the fire of God within us. It was on Pentecost Sunday that the church was born. And so Jesus says in this letter, if you do not repent of your lack of love, I'll remove the lampstand. Without love for Christ, there is no power. You know, we can have churches pursuing intellectual knowledge, but without the love of Christ, there is no power. You know, you can have a church with an excellent strategy and program, but with no true love for Christ, there is no presence of God. You you can have a church that is big on community involvement and all these kind of horizontal ministries, but if there's no vertical love with Jesus, there's no glory. You know, the glory has departed. And I think it's sad sometimes when we look through church history, we so often see moves of God that started out of passionate prayer and zeal and worship, moves of God that started over time have dulled and become monuments to what God has done rather than what God is actually still doing. And I was just reflecting on how one of the things that was a catalyst for me to plant Sterling Vineyard, that is when I encountered the Holy Spirit at the age of 19, having been in church since since I'd grown up, you know, I couldn't understand why I'd never encountered the power of God like that. You know, I'd grown up in church, but I'd never experienced the Holy Spirit You know, I passionately want us to be a church that is filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, with the fire of God, where our lamps both individually individually and as a church burn brightly for him. That as people encounter us, they would encounter him. You know, we want to be a church that sees healing. We want to be a church that knows what it is to hear the voice of God. We want to host the presence of God. We want to allow him to come and do what he wants to do in our meetings rather than what we want to do. And as Moses prayed, I was reminded: if your presence doesn't go with us, don't send us from here. And that is my prayer over this church. God, if your presence is not here, if your presence isn't dwelling within us, then then, then there's no point. <laughs> we need the presence of God. And it's our love that fuels the fire of the presence of God. You know, I'm hungry for more in my own life. I'm hungry for more. I'm hungry to see God do more. <laughs> Lord, would you help us fan into flames the love in our hearts? We want to be people who host your presence, the presence of God, don't we? Lord, help us protect the fire of of our love for you. And don't remove it. (laughs) Yeah. As I say, I feel this is a word to me, but maybe it's a word to some other people here. But my prayer is really that God would set our hearts on fire again. Maybe for some of us, we have embers that are burning. Maybe for others, there's small flames. Maybe for others still, there's even bigger flames. Wherever we're at, my prayer for us this morning is that God would come and fan into flame for more. As we look to host his presence, as we look to steward the lamp of his spirit in our church. I'd love us to just finish um, praying together. And so I'd love to invite the worship team to to come up. Um, I'd love to invite us to stand if you're able as well. i you know, we're just going to start by, by praying over us and then let's just give some space and just ask the Lord what you might want to say or do in us this morning. And, and this is your chance as well. If you feel like you have a word as we're just kind of pausing and waiting, then I'd invite you just to come and to share that. We'd love to hear from you. Um, but yeah, let's just take a moment to just respond in our hearts. Maybe there's something that, that stirred you this morning. So um, yeah, let's just be quiet before the Lord for a minute. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Father God, we come to you this morning hungry. We come to you this morning hungry for more of you. Lord, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would fan into flames the passion that we have for you. Lord, would you fan into flames the love that would it overflow from our hearts. Lord, would you help us to do again the things that we did at first, Lord, in any sense where our love has grown cold? Would you come, Lord? Would you come? Would you just blow the wind of your spirit over us this morning? Father, we repent, Lord. Father, we say sorry where we've let things slide, where we've made choices that have led to us falling away, Lord. And Father, we choose today to come back, to come fully back to you, Lord. We choose to fan into flames, Lord, that passion for you. Father, would you help some of us this morning who are wrestling with disappointment, Lord? Father, if we're holding disappointment in our hearts, Lord, would you come and minister into that this morning? Just come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, where there's tiredness, Lord. Father, where we fear like our vision has grown cold, Lord, would you come and blow over us this morning? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. I'm particularly having a picture of uh, it was a couple and it's like you had a a significant prophetic word given to you in your twenties and um it feels like maybe the faith has left the building when it's uh, in regards to that prophetic word that the time you received it you were excited and filled with faith and um, but as time gone has gone on uh, that word's not happened uh, and faith has left the building but what I feel like the Lord wants to say this morning is to increase your faith again that actually he has not forgotten he has not forgotten in fact there's several people here who you're carrying words in your heart right now that God has spoken over your lives that you've forgotten about and I feel like the spirit of God wants to remind you of those that afresh this morning so father i pray for whoever that is this morning whatever people that is lord i pray for a fresh wave of faith a fresh wave of faith lord just to come right now in jesus name lord that we would remember those words remember those words Lord. bring back to mind bring those back to mind lord right now new life is coming new life is coming thank you god thank you lord thank you jesus share You know, i know time's getting on a wee bit but there's one thing that i also feel really strongly that we need to do this morning and um we're all standing now but if you are on a worship team or if you've ever been on a worship team or if you have a heart for worship could you just put your hand up could you just raise your hand right now wherever you are because i just feel that there's a new season of coming where the worshipers are going to be the leaders in this church and so I want to pray right now for an anointing on the worship of Sterling Vineyard. I want to pray for the anointing as individual worshippers right now. I want to pray for an increase of the presence of God in our personal times of worship. I want to pray that each one of us, our houses would be like representative of like altars to Jesus. I want to pray for a new overflow of the presence of God as we worship in that secret place. Secret place worship, anointing, new anointing, new places to, to, to go in our secret place worship with Jesus. because as we come together corporately what we're going to experience on a Sunday is an overflow of the secret place worship new anointing new anointing fresh anointing on worshipers fresh anointing on the worship in this place Holy Spirit would you come would you come would you come oh God oh God some of you have slipped into the background some of you have crept into the background when it comes to worship and you think your season's over but God's saying no 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 I want you back I want you back but it starts in the secret place. It starts in the secret place. Come Holy Spirit, fan into flames, fan into flames, fan into flames. Some of you are worshippers in the secret place and I've never even thought about going up front but the Lord is prompting you now that he wants to use you. He wants to use you because we're looking for worshippers, not performers. Worshippers, worshippers. Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. Thank you Lord. Thank you, God. Come, Lord Jesus. Oh. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. If anyone feels you've got anything, then feel free to, to come forward. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. My last thing, gifts that have been laid down, particularly the gift of tongues. The gift of tongues it's a weird one but God says pick it up again some of us have that gift and it's been dormant for a while but God says pick it up again you know some of us have wondered what is this crazy gift start praying for it and he'll show you <laughs> he'll teach you come Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit thank you Lord Okay, we're going to finish um, with a time of worship, and I just want to encourage you this morning, if, if you felt God specifically speak to you this, um, about something this morning, and you'd like someone to just get alongside and pray for you, and just to lay hands and just to seal, just be like, this is a moment, this is a moment for me, um, then, then we'd love to do that. Um, maybe away from the speaker, so just at the back, I'm going to hang around the back, and if you'd like prayer this morning, then we can facilitate that, and we'll get someone to pray with you this morning, as we just finish in worship together. Thanks for listening to the Sterling Vineyard Sundays podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, please visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk or find us on social media at Sterling Vineyard Church.